Where did you go to school? And who is your daddy? What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan-worshipping Freemason morons. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of here! It is the almost predictable sadness we have to report to our patrons on yet another US spree shooting. This one, of course, in Metro Chicago, July 4th. Well, yeah. not Metro Chicago, actually. It was north of Chicago in the um, in Highland Park. Uh, Chicago's this great big megalopolis, you know. It's just it's basically Chicago, yeah. It's that thing of doing, like, you know, is the Blue Mountain Sydney? Ah, some would say. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a vast city. It's a beautiful city too, by the way. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's a joyless subject. I don't like talking about it, but least of all, because both Jack and I believe the US is just far too gone to resolve this. There's guns fucking everywhere. And too far gone to do anything actually that's going to change more than just Band-Aid measures. And it's just too divided to create the sort of legislation that might have a chance to reduce the instances of mass murder by firearm and all the other horrors that are fucking going on. Yeah, look, uh, the, the, uh, the obvious and salient fact is that these events are not stopping or slowing down. They are increasing. America is broken and the screams for red flag laws will continue. They may solve a part of the problem, and it is a worthy exercise, but I doubt they can Definitely. prevent the sorts of spree shooting events just like the one in Highland Park, Illinois, or in Buffalo, New York, or in Rochester, Michigan, just to name three. Yeah, I mean, like, red flag laws might work to a point. You've got the issues of the technology behind it, which is implementing these vast databases with all these data points that are going to then result in a person selling a gun stopping the sale of that gun to someone who has been red flagged for some reason or another, possibly on the other side of the state. That's really tricky. But I think there's also an aspect that we need to know a lot more about the shooters and where their fucking brains are. I mean, like, they often have a lot in common. And I think we're going to look over the next half hour or so at some of these sort of ugly places they go where they become fucking radicalized. Yeah. Yeah. The Highland Park shooter had crossed the border into Wisconsin after firing at spectators of an Independence Day parade. That was at Highland Park. Police believe he entered Wisconsin with the intention of committing another spree shooting event. In custody has now confessed to the Highland Park shooting. As it stands, seven people were murdered, five were pronounced dead at the scene, and a sixth died at at hospital. The seventh uh, death was announced Wednesday morning, Australian time, by the Lake County Sheriff's Office. The shooter was armed with a Smith & Wesson MNP 15 semi-automatic rifle, which he left at the scene at Highland Park. When he was arrested, he was in possession of a Keltec Sub 2000 semi-automatic carbine. That's a long rifle, uh, or a long gun, a rifle. He owned five yeah. firearms obtained legally with relevant permits and checks. This is yeah. in a state yeah. with red flag laws. We'll talk about that yeah. a bit more. And this is the thing that I just want to say, which is basically I have shot AR-15 to the States. They're insane because they're so accurate. They go exactly where you point them, and the kickback from them really isn't that bad. You don't get thrown against the wall, but the round itself yeah. goes fast as fuck. And this is what they say sort of tears the insides of people. It's why they 
you yeah, know, provide high velocity such a weapons. They're, they're, it's high another, velocity. It's, an, it's another version of them. And and as small you say, round the goes fast. The recoil it becomes a selling point. Um, the, yeah. the minimal recoil on these guns becomes it's a selling just point. Not that bad. Okay, well, the seven, the seven people killed have been identified as Catherine Goldstein, 64, Irina McCarthy, 35, Kevin McCarthy, 37. Uh, they were the parents of a, a very young child. Jacqueline Sundheim, 63, Stephen Strauss, 88, and Nicholas Toledo Zaragoza, 78, and Eduardo Ovaldo, 69. Uh, the Gun Violence Archive, a non-profit track shootings in the US has recorded at least 314 mass shootings in 2022 so far. This year, just in July. We're recording on the 7th. Uh, Gun violence overall has killed at least 22,000 people in the US this year so far, six months in, uh, according to the archives records. Uh, And just in regard to other shootings, uh, there was, people will recall them, the uh, the shooting in Buffalo in a supermarket there, yeah. and then later on elsewhere, where eighteen year old Peyton S. Grendon has uh, now, now pleaded not guilty to ten counts of first degree murder in late May. In late May, pleaded not guilty. Pleaded not guilty in late May. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he will go to trial now. Good luck with that, you fucking idiot. And in Rochester Hills, Michigan, a judge has ordered the parents of a 15-year-old boy charged with killing four students at his Michigan high school to stand trial on involuntary manslaughter charges. That's just awful. That's another way of dealing with it. ABC US News reports um, uh, that uh, Rochester Hills District Court Judge uh, Julie Nicholson said, following the preliminary examination for Jennifer and James Crumley, now the parents of the 15-year-old boy, that she found enough evidence to send their case to circuit court. They are charged with involuntary manslaughter and accused of making the gun used in the shooting available to the team. He's a 15-year-old boy, so he can't carry. He can't obtain a firearm lawfully. The couple is also accused of failing to intervene when he showed signs of mental distress at home and at school. But is that a, a crime? Sorry? Is that a crime, failing to intervene? Well, this is uh, the defence is actually arguing um, that uh, it's not a crime to be shit parents. Yeah. Um, that's the basis <laughs> of their defence. That's further down, isn't it? Yeah. Ethan Crumley, the, the boy, is charged as an adult with first-degree murder, assault with intent to murder, terrorism and gun charges in the November 30 shooting at Oxford High School, about uh, 30 kilometres north of Detroit. And six other students and a teacher were wounded. The gun used in the shooting was given to Ethan Crumley as an early Christmas present by his oh, parents. Prosecution. God. Prosecutors have said. On the morning of the shooting, Ethan's parents were summoned to the school and confronted with his drawing, which included a handgun and the words, The thoughts won't stop. Help me. Oh my God. Authorities said the parents refused to take him home after the 13 minute meeting. What do you mean, refuse to take him home? No. Like, what, you just leave him there. Sorry, child, you live at the school now. They, uh, they said no, they had to, they had said to, uh, they had to go back to work. Ethan's oh, wow. counselor testified Thursday that he told the teen's parents at that meeting that he believed their son was a threat to himself and needed mental health support. Yeah. I said as soon as possible, today if possible, the counsellor Sean Hopkins said. But he testified Jennifer Crumley, the mother, told him today was not an option because they both had to return to work. That's kind of sad. So Hopkins wrote Ethan a, a pass back to class. I told him I just want 
you to know I care about you. I don't remember them, the parents, saying goodbye to Ethan. Oh, they don't like the kid. Well, the mugshots, I mean, no one looks good in a mugshot, but, by gee, they look rough. Um, And the two parents there. Uh, and that is the nature of the defence, as we discussed just just moments ago. Is it a crime to be a dead shit parent? Yeah. You know, Ethan has now lodged a plea of insanity, and all three remain incarcerated awaiting trial. Fuck. So, for for when we get to crimo, 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 um, Illinois doesn't have the death penalty. It repealed it in twenty eleven. Yeah. Now, you and I are both opponents of the death penalty pretty much under every circumstance. Yeah. Um, it's a fundamental thing. You know, like why, it's a why, why, why would it be better to keep him around, knowing that he's going to be incarcerated for the rest of his life? He's confessed, so um, you would imagine a guilty plea will be coming shortly thereafter. But why is it better, Joel, to keep someone like Crimo around? I mean, That's surely it would be better to study him, to look at his, at his behaviour, who he was connected with online, what his online history was like, and how he felt the pull of this uh, to do this terrible thing. Well, I mean, look, okay, so I'll, I'm going to make a bit of a false equivalence here. And I'm going to say that one of the things that I had with my ex-wife is that through the experience of the separation and divorce and all that sort of stuff, people would say things like, well, at least you learned something. You know, like you've learned from the experience. You've, you've become bigger and better from the experience. And there's aspects of truth to it. But I just felt like turning around and just saying, what? So I learned what a fucking psycho some random French chick <laughs> is. How, how is that going to help me in future life? At no point do I think I'm going to be applying some of the severe mental issues that she had to, and all the mitigation strategies I had to come up with, which were so unique to her as a person, to then be like, oh, yeah, but like, if I have someone else with such traits, I guess I can handle them better. Like there are things that I've learned and stuff like that, but I would say, and I'm not discounting the idea of studying these people and sussing them out. We should flesh that out. But I think what ends up happening is you might give this kid who's craving attention, all this attention through this kind of process of trying to understand them. And then when you apply it to someone else, it just doesn't apply because they're their own unique basket case of fucking lunacy. It's really, really hard. But then again, there's all these generalizing factors. Like you say, these you know these things that they they share in common. Um, I don't and- think we. I mean, look, you know, we can we'll, we'll talk about sort of sort of the, the 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 personality type that falls into this. Yeah. Um. Uh, shortly, but uh, I don't think we know enough. I yeah. don't think law enforcement knows enough. I, I, I don't think as a society or as a community in America, in, they, they are able to say that person needs the, an, an immediate intervention. I mean, yeah. there we go. We just we just talked about there the school counsellor saying to the parents of another spree shooter, um, you know, we need, you, need to, you need mental health. Your son needs mental health support. And they went, no, nah, we're going to go back to work, you know. Yeah, yeah um, that's but, bad. But, but as a community, basically you need to be able to identify those people at risk. The difficulty is where to intervene, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. yeah. One thing I do, I, 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 I doubt, is that we, we, this, this is actually right where we don't, you know, we avoid naming 
and and I've done it before, and 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 it's a sort of journalistic practice. As a rule, absolutely, it, it's, it, it's a, become a rule that we don't name people, and that, and I just don't know that that's right. I mean, I, I, I'm not convinced that, that that we that we need to be uh, out proud. I mean, Krimos been identified in the uh, in media, um, at, uh, and and perhaps there'll be a point at, at some stage in the future where he will simply become anonymous. But I, I think that you know we're we're sort of a, sort of deluding ourselves if we think if we don't name a perpetrator, then that sort of somehow um, uh, raises uh, uh, you know. A, a, prevents this sort of stuff from occurring. We're, we're certainly not seeing any reduction of this kind of offence um, by by uh, sort of anonymising the perpetrators. Yeah, uh, look, this guy is clearly an intention seeker. He, you know, his little rapper thing reeks of stupiders. He wants to be someone. And now he's someone because he went from basically being an attention seeker who wanted some kind of fame getting somewhere but nowhere at the same time because it seems like you had fans and people sort of gave a shit but also in this sort of you know attention economy where you're only someone if you've got clicks and likes and name brand recognition people who have nothing to lose have everything to gain by getting notoriety i think that's really dangerous especially in this sort of nihilistic space where we we certainly don't want we certainly don't want copycats you know, imitating these events, and and there is you know a profound sense of imitation, certainly around um, uh, school shootings. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> especially with Columbine, but, but that was really But bad. I would argue that while mainstream media adopts this practice of not naming, not identifying, not looking hard enough uh, into that person's personality and conduct, yeah, um, that. We're just leaving it wide open for social media to talk about him, deify him, yeah. all, all that sort of stuff. I, I just yeah. don't know that it's a good practice. Really, we want to be finding finding out more about these people. And the first thing we can say about them is they're almost always young men. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and, and we just need to know a little bit more uh, about them and what motivates them. What we do know about Robert Crimo the third is that he was a 21-year-old troubled loner. Yep. He was a rapper, as Joel said before. Having seen one of his videos on YouTube, you probably would have seen it too, Joel. I haven't it's, actually. No, I haven't. It's, it's actually been taken down. I, I, I messaged you asking if you understood the symbol, and I certainly didn't. But no. there was a symbol flashing there that that had a sort of swastika vibe around it. Apparently it's got Nazi shit associated with it, but I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, the songs, if you can call them that, were sort of angry, violent lyrics, sort of doom. You know, he, he spoke about almost marching inexorable, inexorably to this, to this great event, which ultimately was a spree shooting. Um, you know, some analysts, and, and I'll ask you more about this, Joel, point to Crimo as a cat boy or femme boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this is a subculture of young men who cosplay with cat ears and whiskers, often in a context of gender dysphoria or just simply knowing, not knowing who they were, you know, who, who, what sort of sexual identity they had and those sorts of things. Yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah, but left to their own devices, they pose no threat to anyone, but they congregate and communicate in dark corners of the internet. Forum-based platforms like Reddit, Nakin, you know, gamer programs and gamer platforms as well, where they are subject to recruitment by extremists, Nazis and other, other extremists.